We're going we're gonna to look at the last five psalms this morning. And uh, we're going to go through these. It's going to be, we're going we're gonna to go through them. I'm going to read a lot of scripture. My general rule of thumb is I don't like to read a lot of scripture because I'm afraid people will go to sleep. But then again, I'll tell you, I've been convicted. I'm like, we, we need more scripture in the service. We really do. We need, we need more because uh, we're hearing directly from God when we open up the Bible. So uh, we're going to read a lot of scripture as we go through here. But I want to speak this morning on the subject of the crescendo of praise. The crescendo of praise. And we're going to do something a little bit different this morning. I've got slides I made just kind of with title slides. And uh, it's a work in progress. I need to make some of that a little bit bigger if I do this again. But uh, anyway, it, we're, we're learning on this. So uh, if you'll bear with me just a little bit here. Uh, we're going to jump into the text as we go. Traditionally, I like to open up with the text, but uh, we're going to hit each one of these psalms. So if you'll bear with me just for a moment. Uh, the last few weeks I've been uh, teaching over at Norris Bible Baptist Seminary again. And uh, second year doing a, a Fundamentals of Church Music class which is uh, really, really come to very much enjoy. And, and you all get all the byproduct of that with uh, some of the things we, we get off into, some of the series on worship and different things we've done. But uh, the last few weeks, and I've only got a couple of guys in the class, it's a very small class. So they, even Brother Stewart asked me, he says, says, if you don't want to do this, because I've only got a couple of guys that really need this class, I'm like, I'll do it. I'm, I'm, I need the practice. <laughs> I'm still working out these notes. So, um, but it, both of those guys, actually, uh, Damien, you know Damien, all right, uh, yeah, Damien's one of the guys in that class, and uh, anyway, just a couple guys, and, and they actually know a little bit of music from school and stuff, so that's been pretty good, but, but we've been going over some of the fundamentals of music, you know, this is a quarter note, this is an eighth note, this is a whole rest, this is a key signature, uh, this is the key of F sharp, it has so many sharps that your pianist will kill you if they want you to play in that. Uh, but one of the little terms that you'll see, and it's actually on the screen there, is uh, crescendo. And crescendo means to increase in volume or intensity. It's when the music just swells and gets louder and more intense. And uh, I think we see that when we come to these last uh, psalms is they build on each other in this building crescendo, growing uh, torrent of praise that comes out. I'll remind you that the book of Psalms has a purpose in its order and division. And there's a reason why these, these last five, I think, are together. I believe, again, that Psalm 1 is the key to the book of Psalms. It describes the two paths that you can follow, the path of the righteous, the path of the wicked, and, and uh, by serving God, by rebelling against God. That's a starting point. Then you go on this journey through the book of Psalms. And there's psalms for times of despair. There's psalms of lament. There's psalms that explore the, the fates of the, of, the, of, the, of the two paths that we mentioned. There's psalms that are full of joy and praise. And psalms that talk about the coming Messiah. And it's quite a journey you go on when you start in Psalm 1 and you just go through the flow all the way through 150. Psalm 1 is the key, the starting point. The last five are the destination. This is where we want to end up. The goal is glorifying God. 
the result is rejoicing in His greatness, and the end is the everlasting praise to His name. What you see as you go through this path from Psalm 1 to 150, we learn, one thing we learn is it's not about us. Uh, we learn it's all about Him. That we, we can't walk in our own strength or in our own wisdom. We have to trust God in each step, each breath that we take. And, we're, and as we go through this journey, we're molded in our spirit and mind to be more Christ-like in our thoughts and actions. You know, a lot of people want to this end, because this, this is a great end. This is a very happy end to the book of Psalms. A lot of people want to jump there. The problem is we got to get there. This is a journey. I was thinking about this. Have you ever been sitting at home and just suddenly get a craving? Uh, want a cake or something? I thought about a cake. And lo and behold, my mom made me a cake. Sitting out there in the car. Don't anybody get that cake. I want it. Uh, anyway, uh, but, but you're sitting there and you say, I want a cake. But then you think, I could get up and make one, but that's too much trouble. Or you can say, hey, I could run to the store. I could go buy one. But, oh, I don't want to get up. That's a, that's a hassle. You want a cake, but you don't want to do anything to actually get a cake. It's similar here. Many people want to experience the mountain peak of experience of praising God out of a joyful and thankful heart. They just don't want to get there. They don't want to go through the valleys and the learning experience and the life experience to get you to this point. They just want to skip to the good part. I'm trying to say is that what we're looking at here is the goal. This is what we uh, this is what we're working towards. We may not always feel this way. We may not always live this way. But this is what we're striving for: is a place where we can praise God. These last five Psalms, 146, 147, 148, 149, 150. If you just glance at them, one of the features is they start and end the same way. They all start and end with the phrase, praise ye the Lord. In Hebrew, it's hallelujah. You cannot escape that these are just, it's a celebration as we come to the end of the book of Psalms. Praise is the theme. Praise is the goal. We're lifting up the glory of God. Now what I want to do this morning, we're going to just take a broad look at each one of these psalms uh, going through here. I don't have time to dig deep. Don't worry. I know it's scary. There's five of them. Uh, we're going to try to do this in a timely manner as best I can help it. Uh, but I want to hit a general theme for each one. I want to show you that I think is we're kind of, uh, you ever, you ever, been climbing stairs or a hill or something, you're right there at the very end and just a few steps from get. That's where we're at. Now I wanted to show these last five steps when we build up in this crescendo, reaching this mountain peak. Uh, I want to look at this. I think there's a little bit of a flow in these themes uh, as the praise grows louder and greater. So Psalm 146, our first one, and here I want us to see the general goodness of God that God is good. If you want to follow along with me, we're going to read a lot of Scripture this morning. Praise ye the Lord. Praise the Lord, O my soul. While I live, will I praise the Lord. I will sing praises unto my God while I have any being. Put not your trust in princes, nor in the Son of Man, in whom there is no help. His breath goeth forth, he returneth to his earth. In that very day his thoughts perish. That's how weak we are. But look at verse 5. Happy is he that hath the God of Jacob for his help, 
whose hope is in the Lord is God, which made heaven and earth and the sea and all that uh, therein is, which keepeth truth forever, which executeth judgment for the oppressed, which giveth food to the hungry. The Lord looseth the prisoners. The Lord openeth the eyes of the blind. The Lord raiseth them that are bowed down. The Lord loveth the righteous. The Lord preserveth the strangers. He relieveth the fatherless and widow. But the way of the wicked he turneth upside down. God's a little busy and all the things that he's doing there, verses 5 through 9. And it ends, The Lord shall reign forever, even thy God, O Zion, unto all generations. Praise ye the Lord. The symphony of praise here begins with the fact that God is good, as displayed by all of these actions, all of these things that he does. Because it's not just that he does good things. Even bad people can do good things sometimes. But God is good. He cannot be anything but good. He is good. There's somewhere around, depending on how you want to count it, I think there's at least 12 reasons there in those verses about why God is, why God is good. And they're very general. He's saying that God does this, God does this. Note here it's not very personal. It's not saying God did this to me. He's just generally saying this is how good God is. Look at what He can do. That's where we start out in this symphony of praise, that God is good. We can't argue that. He is good. He's always good. But we get to Psalm 147. This gets a little bit more personal. It's, it's a little bit more directed when we get to Psalm 147. And here I want to see the personal power of God. This is God's power displayed to us personally. It's not as such a broad application of His goodness as it is demonstrated powerfully on a personal level to Israel. So Psalm 147, Praise ye the Lord, for it is good to sing praises unto our God, for it is pleasant and praise is comely. Then look there at verse 2. It says, The Lord doth build up Jerusalem. This is very specific. He says He's doing something somewhere to someone this is more specific. This is goodness directly applied. He doth build Jerusalem. He gathereth together the outcast of Israel. Again, very specific where his, uh, it, it's being applied. He healeth the broken in heart. He bindeth up their wounds. He telleth the number of the stars. He's so great, he looks at the star. He knows how many there are. The scientists don't even know. They build a better telescope and they find more stars. God knows how many there are. He calleth them all by their names. Great is our Lord and of great power. His understanding is infinite. That's his, his knowledge, his wisdom, beyond uh, our capability uh, to even comprehend. Verse 6, The Lord lift, lifteth up the meek. He casteth the wicked down to the ground. Sing unto the Lord with thanksgiving. Sing praise upon the harp unto our God who covereth the heaven with clouds, who prepareth rain for the earth, who maketh grass to grow upon the mountains. That's his power on display. Verse 9, he giveth to the beast his food, and to the young ravens which cry. That's his power on display. That's what Christ talked about in the Sermon on the Mount, about the lilies of the field. God cares for nature. Verse 10, he delighteth not in the strength of the horse. He taketh not pleasure in the legs of man. He's not trusting in us and by the way, horse, that's military power there being alluded to. Verse 11, The Lord taketh pleasure in them that fear Him. That's goodness applied specifically. God says, I want to be especially good to those who fear, who respect, who love, who obey me. In those that hope in His mercy. Verse 12, Praise the Lord, 
O Jerusalem, praise thy God, O Zion. Again, that's very specific, talking there about Israel. For he has strengthened the bars of thy gates. He hath blessed thy children within thee. Very personal again. He maketh peace in thy borders. He filleth thee with the finest of the wheat. He sendeth forth his commandment upon earth. His word runneth very swiftly. He giveth snow like wool. He scattereth the hoarfrost like ashes. By the way, in that part of the world, they don't get a lot of snow. That's a sign of God's power. It's kind of like around here. I'm excited when we get snow. They're excited over there when they get snow. I think that's why I like that little detail. You don't see snow a lot in the scripture, but here they're excited about it. That's a display of God's power that he sends it. Verse 17, he casteth forth his eyes like morsels. Who can stand before his cold? He sendeth out his word and melteth them. He causeth his wind to blow and the waters flow, his control over nature. Verse 19, he showeth his word unto Jacob. Again, very specific here, talking about uh, Israel. His statutes and his judgments unto Israel. He hath not dealt so with any nation. It's not general to all people, but a very special relationship to the people of Israel. And as for his judgments, they have not known them. Praise ye the Lord. So here, in the the previous psalm, we saw God's goodness on display. Here it's very powerful, but it's directed. It's more personal to the, the, the people of Israel. I'm so glad that God isn't just good, but that he is good to me. I hear sometimes uh, online these people do these videos and things, and uh, you know they'll walk around and just give people money, uh, and you know, and I've seen the uh, people. I saw one the other day. Somebody left a receipt at a little cafe and left like a two thousand dollar tip on there, uh, just you know, being a blessing to someone. Like, oh, that's amazing. Those people are good. I wish I'd be good to me like that, though. <laughs> Wouldn't it be wonderful if, if that was directed at me a little bit or you? Uh, but it's I, I celebrate their goodness, but on a personal level, you know, it doesn't really affect me. But here's the thing. When you're talking about God, it's personal. It's, it's academic to say God is good. But to know it personally is another matter. He is good to me and you. That is worthy of praise. And by that, beyond that, his goodness is backed by his infinite power. There is nothing he cannot do. Sometimes people say, hey, I'll be willing to help you. You know, anything you need. Then they find out the price tag. Like, ah, oh, well, I don't know about that. They'll say, hey, I'll come out and I'll help you, you know, do something at the house. Well, that's a little more work than I thought it was going to be. Y'all have had them do that to you too. Come on. God doesn't do that. God's infinitely powerful, infinitely loving, infinitely good. He follows through. He can handle it all. That is worthy of praise. It's not just that God is good. It's that God is good to us personally. He's been good to me. I'm sure he's been good to you also. Look at Psalm 148 now, moving on. I want us to see the goal. So we've started out. We've got the goodness of God. We're built on top of that, that God is, uh, uh, is good to us personally. But now, I want us to see the global glory of God. We move from the individual specific focus, God's goodness, to the praise that comes from the host of heaven and earth that know His greatness. So God is good. He's good to individuals. And now here is a chorus of all these people that God has been good to all joining together to sing out His praise. 
It's universal. By the way, this uh, psalm is divided in two parts. The first part is heavenly praise, and the second part is earthly praise. So, uh, so Psalm 148, praise ye the Lord. Praise ye the Lord from the heavens. Praise, ye, pr- praise him in the heights. Praise ye him, all his angel heavenly beings. Praise ye him, all his hosts. Praise ye him, sun and moon. Praise ye him, all the stars of light. Praise, uh, praise him, ye heavens of heavens, and ye waters that, uh, that be above the heavens. Let them praise the name of the Lord, for he commanded, and they were created. He hath also established them uh, forever and ever. He hath made a decree which shall not pass. They're saying, all creation, join in the praise. These great celestial bodies, the, that seemingly infinite amount of space and stars and moons and asteroids and everything else out there, join in this, that God created you. Join in, sing out the praise of God. And then verse 7, praise ye the Lord from the earth. Ye dragons, that, 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 that's a fun Hebrew word. It basically means like a, a monster, if you will. These, they say, are probably talking about like sea monsters, like whales or something like that. It says, in all deeps, fire and hail, snow and vapor, stormy wind fulfilling his word, mountains and all hills, fruitful trees and all cedars, beasts and all cattle, creeping things and flying fowl. This is very specific here. There's not much of nature he's leaving out in this kings of the earth and all people princes and all judges of the earth both young men and maidens old men and children let them praise the name of the lord for his name alone is excellent his glory is above the earth and heaven he also exalteth the horn of his people the praise of all his saints even the children of israel a people near unto him praise ye the Lord. We've moved from general to personal. Now we're getting universal. You feel the growing wave? We're we're waiting out in this praise and it's getting a little bit deeper as we go in this. God is good in His nature. That's what we saw in the first one. And He's powerfully good to us specifically. That's what we saw in the second. And now we see that the entire universe, heaven and earth, resound with the praise and response to His goodness his power one of the great things about serving god is that we're not alone one of the great things is that there's so many other people who love him and serve him also i don't just have to rejoice that god is good i don't just have to rejoice that god is good to me personally i can rejoice that he's good to you I can rejoice that He's blessed your life. We can rejoice one with another. The God who saved me blesses me. He does the same to others too. And we stand side by side. We sing His praises. By the way, when we're doing that, we're calling on others. Hey, God been good to you. Well, then join in the praises. Let's just praise our God and how good He is. Who He is, what He does. He is good. He's good to us personally. He, he, he displays that. But that is poured out on all that God is good. That is worthy of praise. Now when we get to Psalm 149, we've been talking about the goodness of God. This gets a little bit more specific even building on top of that. that God's good. He's good personally. He's good to a lot of people. 
But now there's a special goodness of God on display right here as we see a theme of salvation in this uh, psalm. Psalm 149, praise ye the Lord. Sing unto the Lord a new song. If you trace down that little phrase, that uh, I believe it talks about a song of redemption. It's after God has delivered someone, they respond with a song, uh, a, what's a new song of praise uh, from uh, the song of Miriam after the uh, after the the Red Sea to the Book of Revelation. It's a very interesting little phrase. I think it pops up about seven times. And, and I'm I'm pretty sure saying this out that this what this is talking about. This is God has done something, and we are responding back with a new song because He's done a new thing for us. So it's a song of victory through redemption. Sing unto the Lord a new song and His praise in the congregation of saints, not just people, but His people. Let Israel rejoice in Him that made Him. Let the children of Zion be joyful in their King. Let them praise his name in the dance. That's a, the Jewish folk dances. They're just celebrating as a people, uh, uh, celebrating the goodness of God. Let them sing praises unto him with the timbrel and harp. For the Lord taketh pleasure in his people. He will beautify the meek with salvation. That's the redemption, the grace. He said, I'm not, it's not just because you're strong. It's because you're meek, because you're lowly, that I, God, can step in there and lift you up with a strong arm. It's redemption and grace at work. Verse 5, let the saints be joyful in glory. Let them sing aloud upon their beds. I like that. We start up here, we're, we're celebrating. We're kind of like out, out and about, and we're, we're throwing it. We're like we're having a party, and everybody's excited, and uh and then now we have we're on our beds. This is when you're by yourself. This is the middle of the night, and you're singing aloud on your bed. You ever wake up and sometimes as God kind of touches you just a little bit, I don't know, physically, but you, you wake up and something's on your mind. You think about God, or you have some somebody's on you, and you start praying. That's kind of I think maybe a little bit what this is alluding to. Verse six. Let the high praises of God be in their mouth and a two-edged sword in their hand. <laughs> uh, a lot of people like to talk about the dancing and stuff in this, and they'll say, "Oh, look, we're supposed." To... I'm like, "Well, what, where's the sword? Hey, we, you're supposed to have swords here too, people." And uh, but what this this is talking about the victory. There's a victory that's won here. I told you this is about redemption. There's a victory that's won here. We get to have a part in this. So we have a two-edged sword in our hand, verse 7. To execute vengeance upon the heathen, punishments upon the people, to bind their kings with chains, their nobles with the fetters of iron. By the way, God can and will humble the mighty. Verse 9. To execute upon them the judgment written, uh, this honor have all his saints. We get to share in that victory that is to come. Praise ye the Lord. The praise is growing louder now. There's a celebration of the victory of the righteous and the defeat of the wicked. By the way, that's a victory we long for. Every day seems like you, you open up, and I wouldn't say open up the newspaper, but we don't do that anymore, but you get on your phone or something, you get on the computer, and you look at the latest headlines, and you think, my goodness, can it get any crazier in this old world? And you think, boy, I can't wait for the day God puts all this stuff right. And I don't have to worry about this anymore. Hadn't happened yet, but it's going to happen. By the way, this is a fulfillment of Psalm chapter number 2, if you want to talk about the whole body of Psalms. Psalm chapter 2, uh, the son that is victorious over his enemies. 
Talk about him being worthy of praise for his goodness, but he's worthy of praise because he will be victorious. By the way, he is victorious. That's not in question. I've already seen there was a couple football teams yesterday that uh, <clears throat> TCU, Baylor, uh, sorry Billy, uh, that uh, they, they thought they probably had a chance yesterday, and uh, they, they they probably thought they probably some of them probably already celebrating a little bit, think oh we'll knock off this little school. Didn't happen that way. <laughs> and uh, sometimes you can celebrate a little bit too early. But I'll tell you something, when it comes to God's victory, you can go ahead and celebrate. It's going to happen. God will be victorious. Note there's a theme, the new song. And I said that that's related, I believe, to God's deliverance. He delivers His people from danger. They respond in praise. By the way, He's done that. He saved us from our sins. Is that not worthy of praise? He's given us the ultimate victory. We are going to be on the winning side with Him. At the end of the days, we don't have to just sit on the sidelines. Oh, good, hey, God won. No, we're part of that victory. We're, we're, we're given a part, a share in that. That is worthy of praise. You know, a lot more particular. God is good. God is good to people individually. God's good to a lot of people. But you really get it nailed down there in Psalm 149 that this special salvation, these are the ones God is specially good to, those who have called out to Him, those He has redeemed. They have this very special relationship, very special role that only a child of God can have. And that leads us up to Psalm 150, which is the apex of the praise. I call it the perpetual praise of God. Because I think it's a call to continually worship our great God. Verse 1 says, Praise ye the Lord. Praise God in His sanctuary. Praise Him in the firmament of His power. Praise Him for His mighty acts. Praise Him according to His excellent greatness. There's all the reasons to, to, to celebrate Him. Now verse 3, Praise Him with the sound of the trumpet. Praise Him with the psaltery and heart. Praise Him with the timbrel and dance. Praise Him with stringed instruments and organs. Praise Him uh, upon the loud cymbals. Praise Him upon the high-sounding cymbals. Let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. Praise ye the Lord. You only get here because God's good. You only get here because God is good to us personally and powerfully. You only get here because God uh, shows that goodness down upon all. And you only get here because God has delivered us and given us the victory through Christ. But now that we are here and this praise has reached its apex, there's two directions this praise goes. There's two, two directions we cry out. First, there's the upward. We are praising God. We are celebrating Him. We are praising Him with all our might. The second, though, is an outward call. And that's that call saying, hey, come, join in the praise. Come, be a part of this. That's that last part. Let everything that hath breath. So if you're by the way, if you're breathing, God's been good to you. The Samaritan woman, John 4, she was astonished by the goodness, the greatness of Christ, the man she met by the well. She went back to town and what was her message? Come see a man. Come see this guy. I think I found the Messiah. I think I found the Christ. You've got to come see him. 
We have a similar cry today. We call out to the world around us, come, come and see that the Lord is good. Come, come and see that the Lord is great. Come, come and see that the Lord, He can save me. If He can save me, He can save anybody. He can save you. He can save any that will come to Him. Come, join in the praises of our great God. Wrap this up. We're doing, hey, I did pretty good for five whole psalms. That's pretty good for time. Wrap this up real quick. Three quick statements here. If you haven't got to Psalm 150 territory yet, keep moving towards it. We want to live in this place where it's just we're celebrating. Where it's a it's a celebration every day. It's it's not. There's days of struggle. There's days of heartache. There's days of despair. You may be back in Psalm 3 territory. You're lamenting. You're despair. There's wicked. There's plenty of psalms about wicked and being being in a hard place and wondering, God, are you really listening? A lot of, a lot of time we spend there. We really do, if we're honest. Perhaps we're in Psalm 51 territory and we're saying, God, I have sinned. God, I need you to help me. God, I'm repenting of my sin. God, help me to overcome this. Maybe you're in that territory. Maybe you're in that Psalm 23 territory where you're just resting in that great care of the, of the great shepherd. And you just think, oh man, I, I can't hardly make it. And the great shepherd picks you up in his arms and says, don't worry, we'll, we'll make this. I'll get you through this. Perhaps you're in that territory. Whatever territory you are in in the book of Psalms, wherever you're at on that great journey of life that we see in the book of Psalms, keep pressing on. This is where we want to be. By the way, note on this, it's not about making us great. We're not on this journey to make us great Christians. We're not on this journey to make us a big church or something. We're on this journey to praise Him. We are here to lift up, to glorify God in our actions and in our life. Second, I want to say, rejoice with those around you. Christians, again, I, I say this quite a bit, but Christians are not designed to be lone wolves. We're designed by God to be part of a church family. And you need to embrace your family in Christ. Oftentimes, our, our selfish nature, some, God's good to somebody and we get jealous. We don't want to celebrate with them. We say, I wish I had a new house like Jenny. Uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll say something along those lines. And we, we, You know what we need to learn to do? We need to learn to celebrate with those who celebrate. To praise with those who praise. When somebody's rejoicing, join in. Rejoice with them. And by the way, then when something happens to you, why not share it? Let everybody else rejoice too. Let's rejoice together in the great things that He is doing. And as musicians come, lastly, you can only truly praise God if you are one of His own. You may know that God is good, but you have to come to Him. You have to come confessing your sins. You have to come saying, God, I'm unworthy. 
You have to come, you have to cling to the cross, not ourselves, not our good works, nothing we do, but cling to what Christ did. And see, we, we have to come seeking not a victory we can have because we can't save ourselves. But we have to come seeking the victory that only Christ can give us through what He did. If you want to reach that apex of praise, you have to be part of that what knows the redemption of God. You have to be part of that. I hope this morning that each and every one of us know that on a personal level. If not, let's get that dealt with. We can deal with that this morning. For it's, uh, don't put it off for it's too late. most important thing we can know is knowing that our sins are forgiven, knowing that we have eternal life. What number there, Owen? 326. You gave up on me and sat down. Number 326 in the in the Baptist hymnal, if you want to sing along with the invitation song. If you'll stand, please, just a short time of invitation here this morning. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, I, I, I studying these psalms, Lord, I, I wanted to just do one or two, but my goodness, seeing all of these as a unit, as a whole, seeing them build and just seeing the praise and the glory that is poured out to you, uh, Lord, I stand in amazement. Your greatness, your goodness. I am amazed that you are so good to me or to us in general. Lord, uh, we stand in awe of your love. Lord, as we bow our knees to worship you, let us do so with that full heart. Let us be calling out to those round about us to, to, to join in this infinite song of praise that we lift up to you. Lord, I, I pray that you help us get to this point where we can just not worry about the things of this world, but just to celebrate and praise your mighty name. Lord, help us to get to this Psalm 150 territory in our hearts and lives. Most importantly, Lord, this somebody watching online or listening in that doesn't know you as your Savior, Lord. That's the most important thing. And If there's anything we have to give you praise for, that is the ultimate reason that you have had pity and mercy on us who are sinners and Christ died for us to pay that price. Lord, thank you for your goodness and help us to have this song of praise in our hearts and on our, in our minds and on our lips as we go through our lives. Speak to us now, Lord. Just press these simple truths down in our hearts this morning. It's invitation time, I pray in thy holy name. Amen.